Welcome to the Fund the People podcast. I'm your host, Rusty Stahl. We all know that philanthropy and nonprofits do an extraordinary amount of good, but we also know that our system isn't working as well as it should. We all know that people drive change, but too many nonprofit people feel less like drivers and more like roadkill. Since the year 2000, I've worked in organized philanthropy and nonprofits where I've focused on leadership and professional development. I've studied the lack of investment in our nonprofit leaders and workers and how our systems of grant making, fundraising, governance, and management reinforce the lack of support or can transform it. When we invest in our people, we can create a more equitable and effective sector fueled by rising levels of performance, impact, and sustainability to bring that vision to life. In 2014, I helped to launch Fund the People, the national campaign to maximize investment in America's nonprofit workforce. Our podcast shares critical ideas, stories, and conversations about how organizations and their funders are strengthening their work by investing in the people who do the work. So buckle up, start your engines, and let's get driving. Hey, welcome to season two of the Fund the People podcast. This is your host, Rusty Stahl. I'm founder, president, and CEO of Fund the People, the national campaign to maximize investment in the nonprofit workforce. On behalf of our team, Vanessa, Juan, myself, we're proud to be back on the airwaves, bringing you provocative and practical thinking about why and how philanthropy should be investing in the nonprofit workforce. This season, we've got a phenomenal lineup of special guests, funders, nonprofits, scholars, thought leaders, intermediaries, and we've got some surprise bonus content in store for you as well. So you're going to want to listen. On this episode, um, I just want to share some reflections on season one and introduce you to what's going to happen here in season two. And I want to give you a little bit more flavor of the framework we've been developing at Fund the People. So looking back at season one, we were really trying to explore the theme of what's the problem facing the nonprofit workforce. And in this season, we're going to be shifting. Our theme will be focused on what's the proposed solution? What can we be doing differently? How should we be addressing this problem facing the nonprofit workforce? And I know we weren't explicit throughout last season about what Fund the People sees as the problem. So I wanted to share briefly how we see the problem. When it comes down to it, we see a long-term, chronic, sustained, system-wide deficit of investment in nonprofit leaders, in nonprofit professionals, in nonprofit workers. And this lack of investment is driven by a vicious cycle. We call it the investment deficit cycle, where funders don't offer investments in grantee staff or in the nonprofit sector workforce. And funders don't offer because 
they're kind of blind to this problem. They've got a major blind spot as if they're driving down the road and they can't see this issue. And so they send signals as a result that actually disable organizations to invest in their staff. And they restrict and shape their funding in a way that disables investments in staff. So it's both the signals and the particular way that money is deployed from foundations, donors, even government, and corporate philanthropy. And so this leads to a low supply of investments in the nonprofit workforce. And also leads to these signals that are anti-investment. And nonprofits pick up on these signals and they are hemmed in by the restrictions and the way the money is deployed. And so nonprofits understand the signals, they follow the money, they can't really invest in their staff, and they know the incentive is to not ask for those kinds of investments, to not even talk about the problems. And so because there's such a low investment in the nonprofit workforce not, and nonprofits can't invest in their staff so often that the lack of investment leads to and reinforces many of the symptoms we talk about a lot in the sector, things like burnout, things like a lack of access to the sector through bad practices like unpaid internships, a lack of ability to move up and develop and grow and be supported the lack of well-planned executive transitions, the lack of benefits for things like retirement savings that enable people to have a stable career and be able to retire. So all of those symptoms are tied into this lack of investment and the inability of organizations to invest in their staff. And all these incentives that line up for nonprofit boards and executives and development professionals to not be asking, not be talking about the need, not be talking about the value of their staff, and simultaneously the needs of their staff for investment. And so as we move along through this cycle, funders don't offer. There's a low supply. Nonprofits don't ask. This leads to this artificially low demand where nonprofits are burying the need and the opportunity for investment in staff. And so they are not demanding it. They're not asking it. They're not making the issue visible. And this artificially unhealthy low demand creates or reinforces that blind spot where funders don't see or understand the problem and the opportunity for investing in grantee and nonprofit workers and staff. And that then reinforces funders not offering. And so that is the investment deficit cycle. It's very connected to things like the starvation cycle, but it's very specific to the staffing issues. And that investment deficit cycle is enabled and fueled by a set of underlying myths and assumptions and, frankly, biases and old thinking, inherited thinking in our field. Things like the overhead myth, things like the scarcity mindset, things like the charity 
mentality. And so in season one, we explored some of those issues. For example, in my conversation with Chris Putnam Walkerly, the consultant from the Putnam Consulting Group, we talked a lot about the scarcity mindset. And she writes about that in her book. The fact that even funders have the scarcity mindset and that that then leads into nonprofits having that mindset. And as she said in the episode, the biggest self-created challenge facing philanthropists is having a scarcity mindset. It is surprising because you think if funders have nothing else, they have money. This is still her quote. With that wealth, you typically think of abundance. But I think the scarcity mindset engulfs philanthropy unnecessarily. It's quite a statement. It's a self, the biggest self-created challenge facing philanthropists is having a scarcity mindset. In my conversation with Vu Lei from the nonprofit AF blog, we talked about that issues of the overhead myth. And as Vu said, we think of nonprofit leaders as batteries to run these machines. And when they are out of juice, we just toss them. We just toss them. Ironic that if we have the scarcity mentality and our greatest assets are our people, yet we think of them like batteries and we just toss them out. We let them burn out and we let them go. The charity mindset has great elements to it, right? We all believe in volunteerism and volunteering and giving. But some of the things we inherit along with the great elements of charity are are gendered, are racist, are classist. So in our context of our country, we often think of charity as those with wealth or privilege or or resources giving to those less fortunate. And that sets up a whole dynamic where the people who have the time and money to give are the ones who get to give, who get to define what the problems are, and who get to do something about them. And so that sets up these gender and race and class issues that carry through in the way we think about and treat the communities that nonprofits work with, but also nonprofit workers themselves. And so those are some of the enablers, the drivers of that investment deficit cycle. And so we've got to crush these myths. We've got to shift. We've got to end these enablers that cause all these problems, these inherited ways of thinking and behaving um, that really are just damaging. we got to crush them once and for all. But to do that, we've got to offer a better alternative, a different way. We can't just tell people to stop, stop, stop doing something without giving them a different way to do it that is attractive, appealing, that helps them do their jobs better. So we need a new mental model and a new practical model that can be readily integrated into existing grant-making and fundraising practices. And that's what we've been working on at Fund the People. We've created an alternative framework that can end these harmful practices 
or at least, you know, begin offering a new, healthier alternative, a new approach. As we call this, this new approach, this new framework we've been developing, talent investing, the talent investing framework. Now, what is talent investing? Our working definition is that talent investing is the intentional deployment of capital to support and develop nonprofit leaders and workers. We believe that increasing levels of talent investment, both increases in quantity and quality, can drive rising performance, which drives rising impact, which in turn drives rising sustainability. And we believe that talent investing can improve not only effectiveness, but equity in our sector. And so we've come up with the, the term talent justice to talk about that. And talent justice is talent investing that intentionally invests in intersectional racial equity so that people of color and other groups that have been marginalized within the sector are better able to access, advance, and ascend in nonprofit careers and leadership. So talent investing and talent justice can manifest in grant-making, in fundraising, in governance, in management, and in other ways. And I think that if, if every grant and every proposal integrated support for the staff doing the work a rising tide of talent investments could strengthen our shared missions and strengthen our sector and strengthen our workforce and its ability to advance our mission. So the talent investing process offers a different cycle. In the talent investing cycle, as opposed to that investment deficit cycle, funders offer, they are aware of the need for investing in nonprofit workers and the value that's created when they invest in workers. They send affirmative signals that indicate their support for the nonprofit workforce and they respond to the need and they create that value. And so they offer a healthy supply of significant, intentional, but customized talent investments. And as a result, nonprofits get those affirmative signals. They understand those new incentives. And so they're able to talk about the need and the opportunity for investment in their staff. And so nonprofits begin to ask. They replace that weak underbelly of the nonprofit workforce problems, those symptoms of underinvestment, with a strong spine. And they replace fear with pride. And so as more and more nonprofits ask for the talent investments they need in their fundraising, the demand for talent investment increases to a healthier level, a real level that reflects the real need in the field. It becomes more clearly articulated what the need is and what the value of investing in the workforce is. It becomes a more visible issue. And so funders become more and more aware and more and more understanding of the need and the value. And that brings us back to the beginning of the talent investing cycle. 
And so that's the, that's the new cycle we all need to be part of creating. And that's what we're going to talk about a lot in this season of the Fund the People podcast. This season is full of brilliant guests sharing incredible talent investing ideas and practices. From Deepak Bhargava and Gara LaMarche at the City University of New York, who are working to create a new leadership center to support young people of color to enter social justice work. To Libby Landless Cobb, a consultant at the Bridgespan Group, who's been crafting services and supports that help nonprofits develop their staff in cities around the country. To the efforts of the Pierce Family Foundation in Chicago, the Kresge Foundation in Michigan, Robert Sterling Clark Foundation in New York City, and the Barr Foundation in Boston. This season is rich with knowledge and resources on talent investing. So be sure to, to check it out, season two. You know, now's the great time to catch up on season one if you haven't, to subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to give us a five-star rating and a one-sentence review on Apple Podcasts if you have the time and inclination. It helps more people to find the show. And, and check out season two and let us know what you think. I'm looking forward to speaking with you this season. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Fund the People, a podcast with me, Rusty Stahl, where we amplify how and why philanthropy should support the nonprofit workforce. For links to the resources that were mentioned in this episode, check out our show notes and more at fundthepeople.org backslash podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show. And if you enjoyed the episode or you're a regular listener, please share the podcast with your network or at least with one or two colleagues who you believe would find it valuable. Thanks for all you do every day for our community and our country through your nonprofit work. Stick with it, keep your tank full, and take care of one another.